All right, everybody. Welcome to Derek's Discussions, episode 28 with Paige Messier. You know, first of all, how are you doing today? It's pretty early on a Tuesday, right after the NFL happened. Yeah, no, it's um definitely an early morning for us. I'm feeling good, though. I'm ready to talk to you about all types of sports, my journey, everything like that, but definitely an early morning. And it's not that early because it's like nine, but for us, it's a little, a little early. Yeah, it's it's almost too early for me. Um, but I'm hanging in there. Um, anyways, you know, you're at URI. You know, there hasn't been much broadcasting since basically you have arrived. So what is that um atmosphere for you? Yeah, I mean the program as a whole for us is really new for broadcasting. Um, it only started like three years ago, but um it's awesome. I I think I came into college at the exact right time, which is kind of weird because I came in during COVID. Um, but there was nothing to do my first year. So I was so eager to get started my second year. So when I figured out the whole broadcasting thing happened, it was the opportunity. I've talked about this before, but it was basically brought to me a little bit because I interned with athletics already. Um, so they were like, oh, if you want to be on camera, do broadcasting. And there weren't many students involved, involved at that point because it was just so new. So um, I was able to do like all the women's basketball games, some of the men's for like my first opportunity, which was a crazy opportunity. But the environment is great. It's all students right now, completely student, some student run, but all the um, on-air talent is students. Most of the production is students. The directors are professionals right now, but um, it's just a very like cool learning environment. Everyone's trying to get better all the time um everyone's learning together like we go through a lot of mistakes and we just figure it out pretty much as a team we look at comments I personally look at comments on social media all the time which some people probably say not to do but I see everything like everything anyone says about the broadcast I have seen um and I I use it as like constructive criticism even though some of it's totally not constructive at all um but I try to take it as that but it's a very cool environment just because everyone's learning everyone's super passionate because we're young um, so yeah, the environment's awesome. And then like during the broadcast, obviously you say it's not necessarily student run, but it's pretty much students. Do you find that it's less competitive because it's your classmates instead of like an actual business? And how is that, how is that, you know, atmosphere like, you know, trying to get into the field, knowing that it's going to be competitive after you no know, college? Right. Um, I would say the program itself is like inherently competitive, but, um, like we don't look at each other as competitors. I don't think I personally don't because um, there's really opportunities for everyone at URI. It's not like, it's not like a school like Notre Dame or Clemson where it's like national news. People are watching, but it's not millions or even probably thousands. Um, so we don't really look at each other as competitors. I try to compete with myself and be the best that I can be, but um yeah, we don't look at each other like that. But going into, like like you said, this field is probably one of the most competitive fields that there is, just because it's a smaller market and a lot of people that want to do it. Um, but I, I think that I'm prepared, even though like I don't have that competitiveness at school, because I do have it with myself. So I think that as long as you, and I don't think, I honestly, I'm kind of going off topic, but I don't think that the industry itself should be like, we, people shouldn't be looking at each other like enemies, because there's really enough space for everyone. Like if you work hard and you're doing what you need to do, most likely you're going to be successful in this industry, even if it's like local news or if you're a 
producer, like even if you're not on screen. Um, so yeah, I think that I'm, I think that this school has prepared me to enter the field just because I'm competing with myself every day. I'm trying to get better every day. Um, and the people around me are so supportive, which is awesome. So, and I think that's how it is. Like when I interned with um, channel 12 and 10, I was able to go interact with actual media members for the Patriots, for the Celtics and everyone there is super supportive too. It's not like this, um, really everyone's like eating at each other. It's not like that at all. It's actually like almost like a little family at all these events. So I think honestly, it's very, it's pretty similar. I think everyone's really supporting each other. Would you say you talk about, you know, competitiveness and personally, from my perspective, I think competitiveness is a good thing. Um, But I also think like when talking about competing with others and I do it all the time, I feel like I'm competing with others. Obviously that's not a necessarily a good thing, good thing to do, but um, would you say like the competitive nature is that you need that it's not necessarily good to be competitive with others because you need the other people with you for the entire broadcast or need help? Because let's be honest, when you're doing a game or when you're covering something, it's not going to like, yes, it's going to be just you. It could be just you, but there's so many other factors around you. Would you say that like, like, how would you say that would work? You know, if you were so focused on yourself and and competing with others, do you think like that's not necessarily toxic, but kind of in the word of realm toxic? Yeah, um, I think it's toxic. I mean, I think that being competitive is very important. Like I, I'm probably one of the most competitive people I know. But again, like with myself, because if you're competitive with yourself, your skills will show and then you won't have to be competitive with others it's like I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it like I I do like the people around me I know are my quote-unquote competition like I'm aware of it I just don't like treat it like that because first of all you don't know where any everyone's going to end up you might need someone in the future it's a very small community so you kind of want to treat everyone with because there's a difference between being competitive and being like respectful and like you don't want to throw people under the bus you don't want to try to like sabotage other people that's why I say I'm competitive with just me because yeah like technically we're competing against each other but whoever's the best will get whatever job so I'm just mm -hmm. working to be the best that's how, kind of how I view it um but yeah you do need to work like the broadcast is such a team thing it's I can't do it without the color commentator without the play-by-play -play, without all production so I try to be a very likable person honestly because it's a team, it's a team effort. Like if, if they are, if they don't like you, those two, they'll make you look bad. Like there's a good chance that they can say something that will mess you up or, so you really do want to not just be friendly and just that you're successful, but you want to really, it's a team, it's a team effort. You want to be able to, like all those people I do my broadcast with, I consider them friends because I'm with them all the time. Like you need to work together and maybe one day we'll be competing for the same job or whatever, but I'll be supportive. Honestly, I'm like, even if they were to get the job over me, which like, hopefully that wouldn't happen. <laughs> but um, if they were like, that's just not for me. That's how I kind of look at life. Um, whatever is meant for me will come to me. So if I don't, if, like, I don't know. I just think it's best to be really supportive and of course have that competitive nature inside of you, but don't sabotage. Don't like, don't, don't treat them like competition because it's just like, no one, no one likes to be treated like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And another thing is, I feel like, at least in the sports media, sports broadcasting field, you know, it seems like, obviously, it's competitive. 
but there's a lot of people with egos like a lot of people with egos i've started to realize it and it's not a good thing um what would you say because like the people that watch this and the people that sometimes would would like to know is you know when doing a broadcast when doing just sports in general it's so competitive how do you leave your ego out of it that's a good question because i have a massive ego you do yeah like like when i'm doing something like I always like in particular things. So like when it's schoolwork, like I don't expect much because I'm not the smartest kid, but like when I know I can do something, like I know I can do it. So like, I think like, even though I'm not the best, like I know I'm not the best, but I think I'm the best, which is bad, which is bad. I don't think that's bad. But like, I think it's bad because it's kind of toxic. Like I would call myself at certain points toxic. Which well, is really bad. You're self-aware. <laughs> so I don't, I personally, like I view myself as the best only because this is how I view it. This is my mind. I, I view myself in future tense. So like, I already feel like I'm in my future self and I'm going to be the best. Therefore I am the best. So like, that's how I, I don't think that's a bad thing to think that you're the best. If you're going around being like, I'm better than you. I'm the best. That's like where it becomes toxic. But if you have that self-confidence, there is nothing wrong with it. I think that in this field, I don't, I don't want to say that you need an ego, but you definitely need confidence because there's going to be a lot of people telling you that you stink and that you're not the best and that you shouldn't have the opportunity that you have. So like, you need to be like inside, be like, yeah, I'm the best. Like I deserve it. But I think there's a, I, to me, ego is like being loud about it. Like, I don't think that you should be like loud about it, but you need to have that inner, inner ego a little bit. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I got to work on being more humble, but anyways, um, how is your preparation like when doing a game or something different from a male's perspective? Because I've heard this on so many different podcasts, like the preparation for a female is a lot more strenuous. Big word there. Um, was. <laughs> strenuous for a female because of all the other stuff. Like for a male, like we, pre- we prepare, but like we don't like I don't feel like we think as much if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Do you mean like just information prepare or like in general everything? No, just just everything because I feel like if I were to prepare for a game, I would probably take give me an hour and I should be like decent. Like decent, not where I'm like going to be the greatest, but like in good shape where I know my I know my crap and think I can conduct a good good uh good game. Yeah, it probably takes me more than an hour. Um, I just think, I think that as, I mean, personally, as a female, I think that you're kind of, I, don't, I feel like there's less space for you to mess up. Like, if if you mess up a stat or information, then people will just attack you. Like, I've, I've gotten that. Um, and that's, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because it makes me more prepared. Um, but with preparation, I would say that I don't think being a woman or not really affects it too much. The only thing is that getting ready takes forever like hair makeup outfit that's what takes a long time for me um which guys don't have to deal with but with like information and um getting stats like with with sideline personally it's I used to do color commentary and that was a ton of preparation I would like try to know everything because I wasn't really confident about it so I would just try to have a ton of information in front of me so I could kind of resort to it um but with sideline it's not really like that I just come up with like storylines like eight eight to ten um 
so that is, honestly doesn't take too long it just is a little bit more like you have to nitpick like you have to interview a lot more you have to get unique information um but I would say that that's more of a positional like change more than me being a woman I don't really think the preparation is much different I just think that I like personally in my own head I feel like I need to be more prepared and just know more because mm-hmm. I cannot mess up or else it's like why is this girl on this broadcast like she doesn't know anything so like but I, I guess that could happen to men too so I, I don't know if it's a man woman thing but that's what I do I think also is you look at least this is how I look at it is I see people on tv and like Sean McDonough or Reese Davis or whatever whoever we're talking about and everybody's like okay they have the greatest job in their life but how I look at it is completely different. You look at that sheet of paper that they have. Holy crap. That is like probably bigger than the size of me. And it's yeah, like it's absolutely cute. absurd how big that thing is. And I think when you talk about preparation for an hour, I think what you can do is you find the information, you put it on the sheet. I'm a hard worker, so I do things a lot faster than most people do. Like I'll do an assignment in like five, 10 minutes. Someone, it might take them like 25 minutes. That's not always the greatest thing, but it is what it is. But I get, I get stuff quick. So I feel like not that it's an hour, but like to get that big sheet of paper done, I would probably, Mm -hmm. my handwriting stinks. So I would just, you know, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, and so on and so forth. And that's how I get it done so fast. But, you know, what would you say? Uh, this is kind of like the competitive nature that I like to, you know, speak of. What do you say that you bring to the table that other people don't? Ooh. Um, okay. Uh, I, what I really try to like stand on with myself is that I try to bring my personality to the table. So what makes me unique, and this is going to sound so cliche, is just literally me being myself. Like, I think that my personality is... Like, I don't think that that's seen very often in broadcast personalities. So, and I also think that I can invoke emotions really well. And I'm really good at picking out good stories. Like, um, the whole reason why I want to do this is because I want to be able to tell people stories. And in, in athletics, I think that it's really prominent. Like, people have great stories in athletics. Um, so I really want to be someone that can do that. And people say all the time, like, sports media is a dying industry because, like athletes can make their own podcast athletes can tell their own stories but I don't think that's true because I think that storytelling is a very there's a way to do it and there's a journalistic way to do it and there's tactic behind it so I think that a mixture between my personality my my knowledge because we all went through school um, my ability to tell a story and then my ability to invoke emotion um, is really different and I also I work really, really hard and I don't really talk about it very often, but I want this more than I think more than anyone around me. I like, I don't really go out much, honestly, which is a bad thing. I really should. But like, I gave up my social life in college this year. I, I just really want this really bad. So I think that the, the motivation behind what I do makes me a little bit different too. Um, I th- feel like storytelling is a little bit different. I think I think it's good that there's a Players' Tribune and athletes are doing podcasts. But how I look at the sports reporter on the sidelines, I don't feel like they're necessarily telling a story. I feel like the story is kind of the game itself, but the reporter is more just like 
ooh, like what is the coach thinking? What are the players thinking? Like that type of thing instead of a story. That would that's what I would say would be my only quote unquote argument, I guess you'd say. But I right, think and it's... with that, I agree. I think that there's certain aspects of sideline. For example, the interview at halftime. That's not about a story. That's about bringing the coach's thoughts. So bringing the sideline, the coach's thoughts to the viewer. So that I agree with. Injury reports, again, very like straight on. But there's little there's little pieces like in the beginning of a broadcast or at the end where you are able to tell a story or a player's story and a really interesting one. So there are like those things throughout a broadcast, which are it's sideline reporter's job that it, you have to do the interview, injury reports, anything like that. But what makes it special, I think, because anyone can do that if yeah. you think about it. Um, what makes it special is that I think I can add because I, th- I think that's a, a lot of people like that aspect of the game. Some people might not. And they can skip that part. They can, I don't, I don't really care. But there's like my, for example, me, my mom, um, a lot of my view, like a lot of viewers, they love to hear like the underdog story or like something crazy like that. So I, I think that to add that into a broadcast would be really cool. But like you said, you're very right about like bringing the coach's thoughts, the player's thoughts to the viewer. I feel like the stories you mentioned, like the little snippets, I feel like those get lost in a broadcast. Like when you look at an entire broadcast, personally, maybe it's just me. I forget those parts because of just everything else going on and being so attentive to that. It's funny you mentioned not having a social life. I kind of knew uh, going into high school, I wanted to do this. So I kind of just put everyone to the side and was like, yeah, just like, don't even don't even be with me. Just like, let me be. And that's kind of a bad thing to do and kind of regret. But like, it's okay. I'm in a good spot. Um, moving on. Um, what would you say that you like most about yourself from a broadcasting standpoint? Well, I'm st- okay. I'm still learning a lot. I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Um, let's see. What do I like most about myself? I don't know. I think I really like how I interview. I think I interview really well, like the coaches and players. Um. So I probably like that the most. I don't really know. What do you like most about yourself? Um, this is gonna sound terrible, but I can listen to my like I can listen to my voice like constant, like just constant. I can listen to it probably like for forty five minutes, which is like just constant, like of just watching a broadcast or watching a podcast or watching whatever. Um, but I'd say I feel like this. This is what I'll say. I feel like when you're in your element, I think you're your best self. Personally, mm-hmm. this is this is from this is from me. When I'm not doing a broadcast, it's it's just like you don't want to be around me. If I'm doing a broadcast and doing something, then okay, like I'm I'm good to be around. But if not, it's it's not it's not a pleasant sight for for Derek. Oh, that's interesting. I I feel similar. I feel like I, I am my best self. Actually, I don't know. Cause sometimes I do get really like not worked up, but like during a broadcast, if something isn't going right, I'm like, and I get really like, I don't know, like stress, but I, I love the feeling of like stress, which is so weird, but of pressure and stress. Like I, I like that feeling. It makes me busy. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I'm my best self a lot of the time. I got, it's not just the broadcast. Like I love traveling. There's a lot of other things that make me happy, but maybe you need to find some hobbies. I'm good on my toes. That's another thing. 
Okay. Like, but like, I'm not like, if you give me, like, if you give me a hard question, I'm not going to be able to answer it, but like, I I'll do everything fast. So mm-hmm. like, boom, boom, boom. Like I can't, I can't just, I can't procrastinate. Like I literally can't procrastinate. It's not, I like, I know it's a good thing, but it's okay. also like a bad thing because like, if you do it so fast, like I, this is, this is something crazy and I'm probably getting off topic, but whatever. Like okay. I rather get the work done, get my work done two weeks in advance, then get it the day before and get a better grade. I rather get, get a worse grade and turn it in two weeks earlier than get a better grade and turn it in the day before. Oh yeah. Not me. I would, I would, I'm not a procrastinator. However, I'm not one to like get an assignment and then do it right away. Like I'm like, uh, mm. I, I, if I have time, I will get it right done away. I think my time management skills are subpar, but I think the problem is when we get it, when I get into this, excuse me, when I get into this industry, I'm going to need to learn how to do it like on the spot, get it in late stuff like that. And I think that's what I might struggle with, but moving on anyways, um, what would you say is the significance of sports in your life? Because obviously you're going into this industry for a reason. What, what right. is that? Um, so I first started like loving sports from my dad. It was like an activity that me and my dad just always would bond with. And whenever I watch sports, I like, it just reminds me of my dad because me and my dad always do it together. Um, so that was the first reason, but I just think that sports, there's just like an emotion that it brings to me that nothing else brings. And I don't know if like, I like watching a good play, like I get goosebumps. I literally cry. Like I, I just get so emotional with sports where I don't get emotional with other, anything else. Like it's just something that I've always been drawn to. I was always an athlete in high school before high school. Um, so it's just something that always, like, it honestly just makes me feel emotional. Not even like, I don't even say happy all the time, but just, it makes me feel like it moves me. Sports always like find a way to move me. For example, the whole Hamlin thing, I was up, I'm not joking, all night looking for updates. Looking, like, just because if it was like an actor or something, this is terrible to say, probably wouldn't look. Like, but it's just like something about sports really draws me in and keeps me like it just moves me. I don't even know how to explain it. So I really want to be a part of that. And I want to be able to move other people, inspire people, and just be a part of something that so many people care about so much. Like people love sports and it makes them really, it brings people together too. Like again, with the Hamlin thing, I've never seen a more united people ever. Like everyone was on the same page. Everyone was agreeing. Everyone was together. And I feel like sports is something that very is a very there's not many things that unite people nowadays. I think sports is one of those things. So I want to be part of something that's, that brings people together and that moves people and makes them really emotional. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah. I get goosebumps all the time, so it's not a good thing. But um, sports, because it brings people together, I think that's kind of been lost um, kind of in our world uh, after COVID, before COVID, kind of just everything going on with the world at this point, which seems pretty crappy, if I'm being honest. Um, Anyways, when watching a regular sports broadcast, what are you looking for? Because your mindset is probably completely different from mine because you are a sideline reporter and also you're a female. So, right. Um, during a broadcast, I take it now as like everything teaches me. I take, I take everything as like a lesson, like everything I look now in sports before I would just enjoy the sport and just watch. I literally cannot do that anymore. If I go to a sporting game, I'm looking at it very like tactically, like 
it's honestly that's the worst part is like I feel like I can't really be a fan anymore of a lot of sports because I always am just like trying to learn but with the broadcast in particular I'm just always waiting for the sideline to come on hear what kind of questions they ask to see how they interact with coaches like everything that they do I'm looking at and then I look at who they are then I look through like while I'm watching the game look through their social medias look how they got there look through I got there it's crazy I do a whole stalking thing look at how they got to where they are their whole journey um so I'm just always trying to learn um see how they interact and then I personally when the games are going on I think about what I would do if I was in that situation so I'm thinking of questions that I would ask I would format injury reports stuff like that just so I'm always learning um always trying to get better and I'm going to be there one day so I'm just trying to prepare myself to be at that level like obviously you're graduating college this year so like where would you want to say you'll be in 10 years ish 10 years I'll be 30 um I want to be somewhat okay by 30 I want to have myself figured out and this in, this industry is like really long-winded sometimes and like it takes years and years and years to like have that like job that you really want but I want to be secured in my career by then I want to like be able to start a family by then so that's when I want to really have everything figured out um but my goal for then is just to have an audience where I can share stories honestly where I can take what I learned in college apply it um I just want to be I don't know like I just like in 10 years I just want to be somewhere where I feel like I'm making a difference in the environment that I'm in like I don't even want to say like I want to be at a certain network or whatever um I just want to be at a place where I can make a difference and be settled down as well um because it's a job that it's a lot of moving around and I don't think it has to be really once once you get your main little gig I think that you can probably settle down and figure your life out out of sports um but I just want to have a balance too because I think that with this a lot of things get taken away from you you have to make a lot of sacrifices um but I have some sacrifices that I uh, am not willing to make so I want to have like a balance in my life so have my sports career have my family be able to still do some hobbies I just want to be balanced and happy and being able to do my passion which is telling people stories so hopefully I'll be there in 10 years I want to be the goat when I'm 40 so that's uh 21 more years for me um what is one thing last question what is one thing you want the viewer to know about you Ooh. um one thing i i think that i would probably say that um about me oh gosh i never get asked this it's my question nobody else asked this i love it um probably just that so I, I feel like a lot of times I'm seen as just like sports media girl. Like that's how people know me literally in school. Like that's what I'm called, but probably that I, I do more than that. I'm like, I have a lot of hobbies. I play piano. I sing. There's a lot of other things that make me happy. So, um, I, I do have a passion for sports. It's like my, I always say it's like the love of my life, which is so weird, but I, I do love sports and I'm passionate about it, but there's a lot of other things too. And I think that it's really important to have a balance in life. And I feel like I am a very balanced person. I try to, I try to be besides my social life that I need to work on. But other than that, I think that, yeah, I would want people to know that I do love sports, but there's a lot of other things that make you happy. And I think that it's important to kind of spread yourself out a little bit, not just be so um, straightforward on one thing. I think it's important to be a very versatile person and balanced person. I think that's what I am. So that's what I want people to know. All right. 
now going over to part two, just discussing sports. You know, my favorite part, I probably could discuss sports for about 10 hours a day and only talk about sports, but that's beside the point. Uh, Seattle lost 23-41. Not a surprise. What are your thoughts there? Um, I didn't, again, I didn't watch too much of these games. I only watched a few, but um, I'm not surprised at all. I think that, so with Seattle, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. And since he's been um, MIA, what? No, it's just funny saying that he's a, that you're a fan now because he's, was god awful this past season. I mean, I, I was too because, <laughs> I mean, Sierra is his wife. So how can you, how can you blame the guy? Oh my gosh. Well, no, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say I up like up until the season I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, but then after this season I was like, uh eh. so without like a, I, I think in general in football, without a franchise quarterback, you need to have a really amazing team otherwise. Like and they just didn't they didn't have the quarterback, they didn't have I don't know. I, I, I honestly didn't watch Seahawks too much this season, um, because Russell Wilson wasn't really on, on there, but um yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised. I, I, well, honestly, most of the games I was not surprised about, besides when we'll talk about this, the Chargers game, which was just insane. Um, but most of the games, I don't know. I thought they went exactly how I thought they were going to go. I honestly, I I went snowboarding this weekend, so I didn't really watch a ton of the games because I was not being the best football fan ever. But, um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I think, hot take, I think Brock Purdy – has the ability to be a top five quarterback. I truly believe in Brock Purdy. I think he top is five? the top. I think he has the ability to be top five. He's not top five right now. That's that's just outlandish and crazy. That's the what ability, I thought you were saying. No, 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 no. The ability to be a top five quarterback. I love Brock Purdy. Guy came from Iowa State. Matt Campbell was the head coach. Matt Campbell, his passion, his energy, everything about him at Iowa State, I love. He reminds me similar uh version of pj fleck and pj fleck oh, oh, oh my god row the boat sky you ma go gophers i love pj fleck um anyways jaguars I, I, see the potential. I see the potential there i i do like brock party you know how i am with my stories i just love his story i love the underdog type of similar with like bailey zappy i loved that whole story okay but I'm obviously Brock Purdy was a little bit more successful than Zappy, but really? no, I, I think he does have a lot of skill. I, he was put in a, he's in a great position right now to make a legacy for himself for the season. But um, yeah, I, I top five, I don't know, but hot take, good. hot take, hot take. That is a, a hot, hot, that's a very hot take. <laughs> Anyways, hot take. Uh, Jaguars chargers uh, chargers pretty much had the game. Um, I kind of knew before the hand, I thought the Jaguars were going to win this game just based on the fact that uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a game on Saturday, which is going to be interesting to see what happens this coming Saturday. But who knows? We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, right when this game happened, before the playoffs started, I said Brandon Staley might get fired. Now, he hasn't been fired just yet. Who knows what's happening there? I don't think he's going to get fired now because of how the Chargers' ownership is. They keep coaches too long, and that's that's – that's a problem, but that's beside the point. Um, it's funny though. You, Trevor Lawrence had four interceptions, and the Jaguars still win. Um, Crazy. I loved watching that game. Like, first of all, I was with my uncle, and he bet on it. So he he uses DraftKings, so it's like in-game bets. So he started betting when they were down seventeen to zero, 
And then there was right when he bet the Chargers had an interception and scored a touchdown. So like right when he made the bet, he was like, "Oh my gosh!" So they were way down. But I have you ever heard of like uh, Trevor Lawrence's like speeches and how they're so like unmotivational? Yeah. Um. They're just I don't I don't like Lawrence personally. He's just very blah. Like like oh. I don't like his hair. I don't like his hair. I oh, don't I like. Ah. I really like Trevor Lawrence. Like, mm. I when he was at Clemson, I I liked him, and then he moved. Then he well, then he was he kind of went MIA when he because last year was, mm. but it's then Urban like, Meyer, what do you expect? Right. Um. But um. This year, I was like, they're not like no way they're gonna get hyped up after halftime. Like this this game is over. Then like once they scored their first two, I was like, oh, like the momentum's gonna carry them. It was just a crazy game, and I I just. It made it way more entertaining. It was seventeen to zero. Then like going to have it was just like I thought the game was over. So then when they started to come back, I was like, all right, now I'm rooting for the Jaguars. But I thought the game was way people were rooting for the bets, even the bets, like the numbers were way too skewed. Like this game was way closer than people projected it to be. I think like the Jaguars were right there, like their record throughout the season. I don't know. I didn't understand how the bets were set up. Um, but that whole time I thought that people were underestimating the Jaguars, but then when they started and it was terrible, I was like, mm, I was wrong, but obviously. Well, the Jaguars just, one. yeah, the Jaguars just made the playoffs so that like they made the playoffs in the last week beating the Titans, um, mm. which is kind of interesting. Uh, personally, I didn't really, that broadcast, I love Al Michaels and I like Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy, needs, Tony Dungy needs to stay in the studio. Um, Al Michaels just had no passion. He's starting to get up there. I think that's just, I think it's just at that point, he needs a more solidified color commentator. Him and Herb Street, though, on Prime Prime Video on Thursday nights. Oh, Herbie, I love Herbie. What a guy. Absolute legend himself. Personally, I think he's one of the, I think he, hot take. I think he's the best color commentator in all of sports. I know that's a little hot. Some people might not think it's that hot. I think it's pretty hot, but I like Herbie. Um, Buffalo, what Miami. Prime video. Uh, the broadcast, the overall broadcast is terrible. Um, but the people in it are actually pretty good. That's that yeah. that that that's. Uh, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but that's that's my opinion. I agree. All right, Buffalo, Miami, thirty-four, thirty-one. Uh, Josh Allen can't play football like he did on that game. That was absolutely horrific. Uh, Miami, well, I mean, 31 points, and you have your third-string quarterback. They're talking about firing their defensive coordinator. I honestly don't know why you'd fire your defensive coordinator when you got two interceptions off of one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, it looked like uh, Mike McDaniel could have been vaping on the sidelines, and that's why they had a I couple of games. Um, it's just like, like – I don't know what's going on, but like Mike McDaniel. That game good... was a fever dream. It was a fever dream. Like it, it didn't seem real. It didn't, but it also was like I was watching the game and watching it a little bit. I didn't really care. And I was just like, how is Miami in this game? Like what like 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 what is going on? Um it is what it is. What do you expect? It seems like Buffalo's just winning games and just doesn't care anymore, in my opinion. <laughs> Right. I personally, I love Josh Allen. I think he's, I mean, everyone knows he's a great quarterback. Um, Played terrible, terrible at the game. But 
Um, that game just there was a lot like I I don't know how Miami like you said was in that game at all. Um, but I saw okay this, this is relevant to football. But I saw that on Twitter with the Mike McDaniel's. He was definitely vaping. Like I saw like I saw the thing. Ah, uh, it's it's crazy. I don't know if there's Photoshop involved. Like I I don't know oh. like. You definitely could definitely edit that, but I I think it's I think it's pretty clear. Um, I also um, love him with the media. I think that that's like the way he, he is with media is how I wish every coach was with media. He's so energetic and like he makes jokes. I like love that kind of stuff. He's like very much like for the media and interacts with them very well, and I I love that about him. That's it fair. seems like you disagree. With I mean. Like, I agree on the energy part, but I feel like when the coach is showing sometimes too much of his personality, it can get kind of lost in the locker room. I'm not saying it's bad for the media. I think it's great for the media, but it could get a little sideways in the locker room. That would be my only concern. Uh, Anyways, moving on. My New York football giants win 31-24. Denny Dimes, the legend himself, same birthday as me, absolute stud. Saquon Barkley, an absolute beast. Love the love the combination. I'm not sure they deserve to get as much money as they will, but that's that's all right. He'll be there for three or four years. I always say this on I think every single episode that I've talked about football. Daniel Jones, three or four years, sign me up, and then let's get Arch Manning. Let's go bring the bring the Manning back. All right, moving on. That's enough for the Giants because I could talk probably about five <laughs> hours about the game because. The refs were absolutely horrific. Um, just, just brutal. Just brutal. I don't know if you looked at Twitter at all, but it was like every, every single quarter there was a bad call. Like I was fuming. I prob. I'm, I'm surprised the, um, my, um, I was at my house. I'm surprised they didn't call the cops because of how loud I was. But that's beside the point. That's for another day. Cincinnati, Baltimore. Um, that was pretty much. You can talk that it was 24-17. To me, that was very a blah game, very boring. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, honestly, I all the like the only one I really like we were talking before. I really focused on was Chargers Jaguars just because there was money involved, and I was like. I keep him from snowboarding to watch. Um, but yeah, that game. I I'm a big Burrow fan. Just Joe Shiesty. I just. Uh. I I like. This is how I am. I like everyone. Like the social media players. I like the social media players. I think that it makes the game a little bit more entertaining. I really do. Um, the game was very blah. I I don't really have much to say about it. Um, I'm just excited for the next round. I I you don't like Joe Burrow. Um, well, I was reading reports um earlier that Joe Burrow could be with Livy Dunn. He could be breaking up with his girlfriend and being with Livy Dunn. Now, I don't know if those reports I don't know if those reports are true. That is what I was reading the other day, and if that is the case, that adds a little that's a little fishy. What's wrong with that? They both went to LSU. His girlfriend was there at Ohio State, was at Ohio State, and then, like, he still had a girlfriend at Ohio State when Livy Dunn was at LSU while he was at LSU. He could have been cheating. That doesn't mean that he was with Livy Dunn. I think it's – okay, I'm just saying I think it's common knowledge that he did cheat many times. Okay. I mean, it's not common knowledge. It's expected (laughs) knowledge. Yeah. There's a difference between common and expected anyways. um, That's enough. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. 
I don't I don't mind Joe Burrow. I just I just didn't like that story out there in the world. I like his swag. He's got good style. He's got really good style. I'll give you that. I love the Joe Shiesty meme. Perfect. Anyways, um, <laughs> Dallas, um, Tampa Bay, uh, Dallas won. Nobody cares about that game. Um, we're moving on. Couldn't care less about Dallas versus Tampa Bay. I hate Dallas and I hate um Tom Brady. So that's beside the point. All right, moving on. Divisional round. I know you're upset about Tom Brady. It's all right. It's okay. I'm very upset about it. <sighs> Whatever. We'll talk about that after. Okay, so divisional round. Um, Kansas City, Jacksonville. Hot take. I had if I'm betting on this game, I'm betting Jacksonville. Um, Me too. Trevor Lawrence has not lost a game on Saturday. Those are statistics that matter. However, I I think you have to pick Kansas City, but for the sake of it, I'm going Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm saying 34-27 Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, let's go. Um. Actually, I don't really care about either team or either quarterback, to be honest with you. So I'll just go Jacksonville. You do. You like you. I don't you like Lawrence. I don't like Lawrence. I don't like his hair. That is that is not a good enough reason. It it is a good enough reason. No, it's not. I also think the Jaguars are gonna win. I'll say they're 34-28. Ooh, very close to mine. All right. Uh, anyways, uh, Philly, the Eagles versus the Giants. Oh, this is brutal. This is this is brutal. I'm telling you, this is gonna be brutal to watch. You probably could hear me all the way from Rhode Island, even though I'm going to be in New York watching this game. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to watch it with my buddies, and hopefully, we won't have to. The police won't have to be called, or uh, security won't have to be called. Because I can guarantee you, if I am watching it with people, eh, you don't want to be around me. Anyways, uh, Eagles, Giants. I think it's I, brutal. I'm sorry, the, the Eagles are winning. Um, I couldn't care less about this game. I'm not gonna lie, but the Eagles I think are the win. Eagles are going to win 31, 31 to three. But for the sake of it, I'm going to say the New York Giants. I'm going to say the New York Giants. Uh, 27-23. I think Daniel Jones is a perfect game. And I think the X factor is Isaiah Hodgins. Um, he's a great wide receiver. On any other team, he'd be their wide receiver three or wide receiver four. But since the Giants have one of the crappiest wide receiver crews in the entire NFL, he's number one. Uh, you know, 27-23. I'll be optimistic as a Giants fan. We're going to win this. You know, Dayball, Dayball is just Dayball. Like, I don't know if you can say something bad about Brian Dayball. Like, I understand his energy for such a big guy is so inspirational. I don't know what your thoughts are there, but Dayball, Dayball is the, the guy. The Eagles, the Eagles 28-10. That's, that's fair. I mean, I'm just trying to be optimistic here. I mean, I said 31-3 Eagles, but 27-23 Giants. Anyways, moving on. Um, Sam, uh, Cincinnati-Buffalo. This is going to be the best game, personally. Oh, I'm so excited for this game. Um, personally, you got Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Probably if you're watching, most people are going to be looking at how they look at quarterback, but that's beside the point. Um, I, I like Jamar Chase. I like Stefan Diggs. I like both quarterbacks. Um, defensively, I don't really care about either team. Although I'm a huge fan of Ed Oliver. I wish the Giants drafted him when he, when he came out, um, 
I'm just trying to think who I want or who I think. I'm going to think. I'm going to say 27-23 Bills because of DeMar Hamlin, and I think they win that game. That's the exact reason. They're just, like, on an uptick. I think it's going to be really high scoring, though. I think it's going to be all Mm. offense. Nah. I'm going to say – Thirty, thirty-eight, thirty-two, something crazy like that. Okay, that's fair. Um, anyways, moving on to the next game, San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco, and actually, I'm gonna pick San Francisco. But if you're betting on that game, I might pick Dallas based on the fact that if you've looked at what Dallas has done, that Dallas has five losses on the season. They've lost one, one two, lost one, one four, lost two. One four, like they've lost one, one four, or one two. So you kind of expect in the in their trajectory, it's been two four, two four, or four two, whatever it was. This would be the year that the, in that trajectory that the Cowboys would win the Super Bowl. However, Brock Purdy is the guy. He is the guy. He is the guy at quarterback. And if if this oh and if San Francisco wants to move on from Brock Purdy and have Trey Lance start at quarterback. I think there is at least 10 to 15 teams that would trade their starting quarterback for Brock Purdy. That's how good he is. You can say all you want about Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, but Brock Purdy's for real. Uh, I think if they go to the um, Super Bowl, I think Brock Purdy wins the MVP. You might not say that's a hot take. You could say that's a hot take. I don't know what it is anymore. If they win the Super Bowl, I agree. Uh, I'm going Brock Purdy. I'm riding with the 49ers. If the Giants or Bills don't win the don't win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl, I'm riding my guy Brock Purdy. Your knowledge is very impressive. I just want to add, like this, like your stat, like the stats in your brain. It's crazy. It's very impressive. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. Good job. Uh, let's just. No, let's I, don't, I don't know it like that. Yeah, I would go. I'm going to jump on your, the, you're inspiring me to drop, jump on the Brock Purdy um, train because I just like, once the pages are out, I'm a terrible like fan. Like that's why I, I try to focus on like sports part because I love the Patriots. Once they're out, I'm just like, I don't care who wins, but I'll jump on the Brock Purdy train. So 49ers, do you, so who, out of all these teams, who do you, who's their, who's your final prediction? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who I want is it's gonna be who I want is the Bills versus the Giants, but we all know that the Giants are probably not gonna be going there. Um, I'll go. It depends. So the Jaguars, let's just say hypothetical, the Jaguars beat Kansas City. I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to the Super Bowl because they have to play Sunday next week, so they the Jaguars would lose in the conference championship. It would be down to Buffalo and Cincinnati for me. Um, Joe Joe Shiesty or um versus uh Josh Allen. Uh, I said the Bills. I said the Bills. Um, so I'll go. I'll go Bills, San Francisco. Um, it's it's so disappointing to me that this conference championship game in the AFC could be in Atlanta. I was really hoping it was going to be at MetLife Stadium so I could go to the game. But that's just not how life likes to take me. But that's okay. That's okay. It's all right. It's all right. I'm not crying. Huh? I would have gone. Yeah. If the game was at MetLife Stadium, AFC championship game, uh, some of my friends were somewhat planning it. I think they were more joking, but I was dead serious. I'd throw that paycheck out there and I'm going to the AFC championship game. But 
it wouldn't have mattered because the Giants could have won and the Seattle could have won, and the Giants obviously would have been in the NFC Championship game. Um, I'll go Bills, um, 49ers. And see, this is where I'm at a predicament when you're talking Super Bowl. Buffalo, San Francisco. My belief in Brock Purdy is through the roof. However, the Buffalo storyline is incredible, but the Super Bowl, I believe, is played in Arizona, I want to say. Um, probably should check that. Maybe it's in Arizona. Because if it's in the East Coast, I think Buffalo wins that game because of uh, the Mafia. Yeah, it's in Glendale, Arizona. Um, so I'll go San Francisco. I'll I'll go to I'll, I'll have San Francisco win that game just based on location. Um, for the Super really because Buffalo Buffalo Mafia, you can talk all you want, but the travel from Buffalo to Glendale, Arizona versus San Francisco to Arizona, it is massive. I know you're talking about a Super Bowl, but there are a lot more people nowadays who rather watch the Super Bowl then go to the Super Bowl. That's a hot take. That might be a hot take, but that's you don't that's think my that the storyline might change that. Like the storyline of the Bills, you don't think the mafia will follow them? I think they'll follow, but I think I don't know how rich Buffalo B- Bills mafia is. You're talking <laughs> about plane tickets to the Super Bowl, you're talking about tickets, and then you're talking about um talking about uh tickets and you're also talking about a hotel. I mean, that's like that's like my entire tuition right there. No, I'm kidding. That's not tuition, but it's pretty close. Well, mine, that's only mine. Um, I don't know. I just think that if the Bills make Super Bowl, they're winning the whole thing. Like, uh, there's no way the 49ers are beating the Bills. There's no way. You're going to, first of all, you're going to compare Brock Purdy to Josh Allen. Come on. Well, hold up. But you look at that. Josh Allen's a better quarterback. Don't, Josh Allen's a better quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Christian McCaffrey is better than whoever the Buffalo Bills have at running back by like a hundred. McCaffrey can catch the football. He can even throw the football and he can run. And they have uh, George Kittle, George Kittle, Dawson Knox. That's a good tight end matchup. I prefer Kittle over Knox just because Kittle's more explosive. Um, Debo Samuel versus Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs has been consistent all year and he's been healthy. However, that might backfire because he's been healthy. He could be a little tired. So Debo Diggs, that's a little bit of a matchup. And I think that um the 49ers have a Alan better. Alan Diggs is my favorite duo of the NFL. Who? Allen and D- Josh Allen and Diggs. Oh, oh. Uh, no, I like I like Burrow and Chase better. I don't. I do. I, I love Jamar Chase. Hot He's take. Great. I think Jamar Chase might be better than Justin Jefferson. I really I think I understand the catch radius with Justin Jefferson, but his speed, his off the ball routes, I I don't know. There's something there's something about Jamar Chase that I like. He's he's faster. I like speed, um, but that's 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 all right. That's all right. Tariq Cohen at the end of the day needs to go back into the NFL. Tariq Cohen, oh, I miss I miss that guy. Jay Ajayi, I miss that guy too. We're another running back. Probably you probably never heard of either of them, but that's beside the point. I was just nodding. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's the real problem for this whole entire thing is that you are from Rhode Island and have the best te- the best dynasty of all time. That's correct. Right? Not the best. In that's not favorite. the best dynasty. That is not the maybe the best dynasty in my lifetime, but that's not the best dynasty. In your life, okay, in your lifetime. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Who's the but wait? Okay, okay. 
The best and dynasty are, is the core. The best dynasty is the New York Yankees. Like a I while ago. In the NFL. Well, fine, 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 fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair, <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. There you go. And you're a Giants fan. Yep. Crazy. So we were talking before that. Doesn't like Tom Brady. So before before I talking on the Giants point, there are actually a decent amount of people from Rhode Island that are Giants fans, just in general general i don't know i'll give people a history lesson on this um when the patriots were bad before i was born before a lot of people were born um back in a, a while ago i i don't remember the exact time frame because i'm not a his, i'm not a history buff um anyways um the people in the new england area knew that the patriots were so bad that they became fans of new york sports teams the giants were one of them because the Giants were relevant while the Patriots were absolutely god-awful. Now, the Patriots are good, so now some of those Giants fans switched over to be New England New England Patriots fans. However, my story is completely different because I have rel- – I have my dad was born in Connecticut, and that's where I went to, the New York side. However, it could be – it could have been completely different. I love Derek Jeter with all my heart. That's why I was a Yankees fan. If if Derek if Derek Jeter would play for the Red Sox, I would be a Red Sox fan. I completely would understand that, but I'm sticking with the team. I don't just you know move around. Love Eli Manning, Giants fan. Now Knicks, I was a Celtics fan. Now I'm a Knicks fan because you got to stay on that New York side. You got to stay on that New York side. I don't like that Boston side of things. So you know I'm a New Yorker. I'm a Rhode Islander at heart, but I'm a New Yorker in the brain. These are doing great this year. Okay, my Knicks, no, are, my Knicks are finally relevant. True. With the Celtics, though, this this might be a hot take. They might have a great record this year. I do not, not like how they play. They play super, super lazy. I don't know if you noticed that. All the time, to- we, we were losing, I think, by, like, 15 with, like, eight minutes left. So, like, yeah, it's a big 15 deficit. 15 by like, eight minutes? Oh, God. Yeah, but you can still, like, you can still come back. It's hard, but like it's possible. They were walking up and down the court. It's a bu- I was like it's a bucket a minute. No, I actually I disagree on your point on walking up the court because when you're up by 15 with eight minutes left, you want to milk that clock. Milk it. Milk that clock. They were sick. down by 15. Oh, they were down by 15. Oh, that's that's just bad. Yes. Oh, I thought they were up by 15. Oh, that that's no. Not good. That's not good. No. They're walking. And then Peyton Pritchard. I love Pritchard. Like last year, I loved Guy from him Oregon. And, like, yeah, great. He was he can't, comes in literally. Um, there was like two minutes left of the game, and like he it was the first time he came in the game. He was walking. I was like, "You're only in the game for two minutes. Run!" It was driving me nuts. The Celtics won by twelve. What game are you referring to? I um was it last night or when was this game? No, 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 no. This was a few. This was. Oh, like okay. No, ago. I was like, I thought it was last night. And <laughs> I was like, they ago. won by twelve. Like what? No, 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 no. Not that that I would understand. But no, they were down. They were they lost this game. I think it was uh I can't even remember. But the they NBA they lost stinks. by a The NBA stinks. It's terrible. Why? It's boring. All you all they do is shoot three point shots and dunk. Give me a break. It's terrible. College basketball is much better. Hot take. All of college sports are better than professional sports. College football is better. College basketball is better. College baseball is not better, but for the sake of this argument, I'll say college baseball is better. 
Um, college lacrosse is better. Um, college soccer is better. College soccer is actually a lot better than professional soccer. And that is not even, that's a fact. That's a fact right there. Professional soccer is terrible. Yeah, I'm not, the only soccer I ever watch is like the world, the world cup. Yeah, don't even, like, I can't don't get... even watch the world cup for the men's team. They're trapped. It was good this year. Yeah. Yeah. Good this year. Yeah. Good this year that you go to the uh, 16 and get smacked. Ugh, they're terrible. They're terrible. Terrible. Anyways, fun but, fact. Fun I fact. So. I fun agree. fact. Tyler Adams, um, where he grew up is the high school right by my campus. So probably about 10 minutes away. Really? Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty see there's things going on in, in Poughkeepsie. Oh, and near the Hudson River. <laughs> I love right. it. No, but I I actually I ended up talking I got to talk to Jimmy Butler and uh Kyle Lowry. They came to my school and I was like asking them, like, oh, what do you miss? About-? It was an interview. And I was like, what do you miss about like college athletics? And they said like just the atmosphere is better, like the aggressiveness, like there's no flopping, all that stuff. So I, I personally, I love watching college basketball and it's also like all up in the air right now. Like there's no like solid, like one team, like everyone's kind of fighting, even in like my conference, we're in the Atlantic 10. Um, It's like literally anyone could win. Like I, our team is not doing too hot this year. Even they are beating like the top teams. Like it's everyone is very like either really good or really bad. I don't know. Like, I don't know if everyone's good or everyone's bad. Um, but it's all up in the air. So like I'm excited to see like when when March comes around, who ends up um getting to those games. But yeah, college basketball, I love college basketball. It's probably one of my favorite things to watch. Yeah, I, I like mid majors. I think it's this year with mid majors like the A ten, even the the Mac that Marist is in, um <laughs> is crap too. I don't I don't I think pretty much all these mid majors are terrible. Um I mean, not yeah. terrible, but like just there's no elite team. Um, here's what I'll say about big college football guy, big college football guy, PJ Fleck, legendary coach, legendary. I, honestly, coach. the thing is, I I need to get better at watching like actual games because I just feel like I'm like covering them all the time, so I don't really watch them. I like barely watch college football this year. Mm. What I I watch all the bowl games, which like crap that, that last game was ridiculous. I literally, funny. I've never, I usually watch the whole games. I never like bow out. I bowed out. I was like, this is ridiculous. There was people, I have a kid who went to my the school nearby. You know, Xavier Truss, right? There's yeah, I was, just about to, I was just about to mention him. Yeah, they ordered chicken wings during the game because it was so far gone. It was crazy. Yeah, I think he was a four-star offensive tackle coming out. Um, I think he was like 6'8", 375, I want to say. I mean, kind of small for an offensive lineman. Um, oh, funny story. So there's a guy from Minnesota, uh, Daniel Falalele. He's now in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens. Sick freshman year out of Australia, 6'9", 400 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Pretty uh, small dude, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I think he would step on us. I mean, he would. No, I think Xavier. I think he would. He would nowhere. demolish me. I mean, like people know how. For, sh- breakfast. for breakfast, I'd be the. I'd be the side. Yeah, be the appetizer. I'd be the side. No, not even the appetizer. I'd be the side. You got a main dish. I'm the side. Oh my god, that is too funny. 
All right, we're going to talk URI hoops. Uh, we're going to talk URI women's hoops first. Uh, before we get into it, Tammy Reese uh, was the assistant um, at Syracuse and Virginia before she went over to the University of Rhode Island to be the head coach. Uh, Dana LaForce was the head coach of URI before uh, Tammy Reese was there, and pretty much the program was pretty much bottom of the A-10, and it almost looked like it should have been a Division two school um, in women's hoops. It was pretty bad. I uh, went to some of those games. Um, it seems like it was a while ago, probably when I was yeah. like five, ten years ago, but it seems pretty new and fresh into my my um, my eyes and ears. Um, anyways, um, wh- what was the time frame of you starting to follow uh, women's hoops for URI? Um, so I used to, this is terrible, but I used to follow PC, um, before URI. I'm from East Providence, so it was, it was just local for me. <laughs> um, but all right. You, you can't say anything Giants fan. So but it, it's I'll, different. It's different. It's different. Well, I'll just continue. <laughs> it's different. It's not different. It's different. So, it's, okay. It's slightly different. So I, um, started following URI when I got there. So I never saw the bad URI because Tammy was there when I got there. It okay. was pretty much the same year. Um, so the first year I got there was COVID. So I went to like a few of the games just as like a, a journalist wrote some stories for the cigar. Um, and I just loved the energy. Like Tammy Reese was my very first interview ever um, for URI. So a great start because she's the most outgoing person in the world. Um, but I never saw the bad URI. URI girls, women's hoops has always been good for me. Um, they've always been top of the barrel A10. The first year they were kind of like mid A10, but um, the past two years of me covering them, they've been very good. Last year though, um, we I think we were top two or three. At, I think we were top two for the A10. And when we went to the tournament, we lost first round and it was like crazy. Like everyone was like, what is going on? Um, and then we lost in the NIT first round so I think this year um the whole and then the whole team that year kind of graduated off so we were like oh no like what's gonna happen now everyone's gone but now watching them this year they're first in the A-10 they haven't lost a game yet in conference play and they like they're just unbelievable like the depth that this team has is even more impressive than last year which is crazy because it's pretty much a whole new team besides Dolly Karen's um, Sophie Phillips was there last year and so was Emmy Renat, but they weren't core parts of the team last year. Emmy was a little bit, but Sophie didn't play at all. This year, she's balling out with, with her guard play. But um, yeah, so I, I never, similar to me being a Patriots fan, I never saw like a bad URI women's hoops. Um, what was that all about? <laughs> no, it's just like, it's like bandwagon-ish. Like, like I'm not I'm not trying to say anything, but it's bandwagonish. I mean, I get it from your standpoint because you're from East Providence. I cover them. No, 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 no. no. But like, if you really, if you really want the storyline, the storyline is URI basketball being so bad, and finally Tammy Reese comes in. And if I remember correctly, you can check you can check all the stats or whatever. Um, once Tammy Reese came in, they weren't the last place team in the conference. They were at the bottom to mid, but before then, it was the it, to me what it looked like was the coaching staff. It wasn't necessarily that the players were the problem. Um, if I can remember back in the day, it was number thirty-four, Samantha Tabakin, I think, was the center 
she probably had like 20, 25 points um, per game, but like nobody else could score and the coaches were just terrible. Um, back in the day, um, the assistant coach, um, associate head coach, um, Megan Shoniker, when she played, um, I remember I was, uh, this was like a while ago, um, and I think she had like a 40 point game or something like that um, in her career. And then we got like, I was like really little. So I got like little autographs and it was pretty cool. But um, it's just funny, like seeing people say how good the program is, but like they don't necessarily really know like how good it is because of how many years it was bad. Like if you understand that perspective, like you could basically say that Tammy Reese, hot, not, not, not a really hot take, but like could be if you like aren't really looking at this Tammy Reese could be the best coach that URI women's basketball team has ever had like ever had in their history and their history of having um women's basketball and people would say oh you're crazy she's only been here for a couple years but from going from last place for the past five or six years to middle and then to top and we'll see how long she stays here because personally I was a little surprised she came back because Virginia was calling her alma mater. Um, Syracuse was calling as well, a school that she was an assistant coach at, and she stayed at URI. So we'll see how long she's here for. She got a 10-year contract. Who knows if you're she able loves to. Her. I mean, yes, but can URI bring, if she is really passionate about coaching and she really cares about winning, can URI really bring a Elite Eight, a Final Four, uh, a national championship in women's basketball. Personally, I think the answer is no, just based on the fact that number one, you're in the A-10. Number two, you're in the state of Rhode Island. And their recruiting wise is completely different than the rest of college basketball based on the fact of um, they're going overseas. If you look at this URI team right now, I want to say that they have five, four or five players from America mm-hmm. that, it's not a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a good thing because is that really sustainable? Right. I think, I think what's special about Rhode Island for coach Reese is that it's hers. Like she, like, like you said, she took this program that was so, so bad. And like, she trans, like she is the one, her along with her coaching staff, like is the one that transformed this program. So this is something that's like her baby. Like she like made it from the very bottom so I think that that's what makes like she wants to see how far she can take this thing that she created. I, I think that's what it is. Like if she like I I think we can definitely make the tournament, and I think we can make at least Sweet Sixteen. Maybe not this year, but going forward, just her recruiting is unbelievable. Like people want to play for Tammy, and it's if if you look in the A ten, she recruited a lot of people from higher teams that perform better than us, but came to our school because of her. Like I know it's just the A ten. And not, I don't want to say just A10. I know it's not it's a mid-major conference, but this is just her third year. So if she keeps going with this trajectory, I think a lot of people will come to play for her. So in this scenario, you think the furthest that you or I could go? I'm not saying I'm not saying like right now because you don't know what's going to transpire. But you think that Sweet 16 is? I think Sweet 16. To me, Sweet 16 is a possibility. I'm not saying necessarily this year, but I think, you know, in the future. But I don't know if Tammy's content with just a Sweet 16 run. Does she want to win a national championship? And let's be honest here, 
URI is most likely not going to be winning a national championship in basketball um, anytime soon with the transfer portal and with NIL and everything going on just in general. I just, I mean, you can call me crazy, but I just don't think that's, I don't think it's realistic. No, I have, I'm the one that has a crazy take. I think that like, I think in the coming years with her, I think there's a chance and it's, I know it's crazy, no. but like she just builds this environment that people want to play for. Like she real like I, I'm aware that there's like these big schools that are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars and of like NIL, all this type of stuff. And I get that, but like, I, I love an underdog story and I think it's possible to think about it. St. Peter's went to the elite eight, like St. Peter's it's elite eight and it's the great Mac. I know. And that's what I'm saying. I know it's the elite eight, but even that like St. Peter's is not like, st peter's like come on like if they can make it i think that there's it's a in chance. the powerful conference the mac i'm telling you it's it's really it's a really good conference yeah <laughs> but i'm just saying I, there's always a chance like it's very low like very very low but it, think about it if she is able to do that like if she's able to bring this team to elite eight final four even the national like i'm like that's the most unbelievable story ever like uri that's crazy i'll agree with story but the only thing I the only thing I wonder though is I don't know if she's going to stay because if she wants to win a national championship, you should go to a different school. I you might I, I just don't see a realistic possibility of you or I winning a national championship with recruiting number one. Who would I mean? Obviously, you want to play for Re- Coach Reese, but do you want to play in the A ten? Not really. And number two two is. URI, you can say all you want about URI, such a great campus, blah, 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 blah. But it's Rhode Island. It's not like California. It's not Florida. It's not even Yukon. It's just URI. It's, I'm going to say this and people will call me crazy. URI is quote unquote nothing special um, in terms of, in terms of that. Athletic wise, if athletic wise, well, first, I think the Atlantic 10 is an up-and-coming mid-major conference. I disagree completely. I think you're going to see conferences completely change. Um, you look at college football, uh, USC, UCLA go to the Big Ten. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC. You're going to see conference realignment um, completely, and I think the mid-majors are going to be left out of the out of stuff, too. I think that's, I think that's what it's going to come down to um, in the future, and I think – I think that's why it's going to be hard for the teams like a URI, um, like these mid majors that just I don't know if they're going to be able to withhold all this, all this, all this crap basically. But anyways, I want to get on one thing that I find interesting. I want to get on one thing that I find interesting. I look at schools kind of across the country, just colleges in general, and most schools have in-state players. URI on the men's team and the women's team has zero players from the state of Rhode Island. Number one, one player. From, oh yeah, you're right. One player from the state of Rhode Island. And is that a concern? Is that a good thing? Like I don't personally, you look at the state of Rhode Island for high school athletics and it's just like, it's good for baseball. I'll give you that. It's mez mez for bat. Like, like it's not very good for basketball. Um, um, it's not really good for most sports, to be honest with you. It's more baseball is kind of the powerhouse of Rhode Island high school athletics, but 
is that a concern? Is that a good thing? Personally, if you're a mid-major like a URI, um, I would recommend recruiting the players from Rhode Island if they are good enough to play at the Division One level. Because why not? Like, you got nothing to lose. You get this hometown hero, and that's kind of what I like. However, Sebastian Thomas doesn't seem like he's playing very well uh, this season. Well, I, I don't think of it as a concern. Um I just like you said, I think Rhode Island, I think I think they're getting better. Like, but the really powerhouse Rhode Island athletes, they don't stay here. Like they like people like Xavier. I mean, why like, would you? Like, well, I mean, right. why would you? Right. But someone like for example, Sebastian, um, he went to JUCO, he then came here, and like you said, he's a hometown hero. Everyone loves him. Even when he has ups and downs, people usually stay pretty solid with supporting him because he's like the hometown kid. Um what no nothing i'm just i'm just thinking back on um like rhode island athletes like from from like okay i'll give you an example cole swider um from portsmouth rhode island went to villanova he wasn't even recruited by uri this is a four star coming out of the state of rhode island i don't care if you're not going to get this guy but you should at least recruit the guy he has talent you know he's going to go division one at least try i'm not saying he's going to go to uri but like What's worth? What's the worst thing that can happen if you offer a guy a scholarship and he just says no? That's not the worst. That's not even that bad. I didn't even know that they didn't recruit him. Like I don't. I know. I know we had a verbal commits. Verbalcommits.com. Great website. Like you know, like Isaiah Miranda. Heard the name before, yeah. I don't know. He's like the seven seven foot Rhode Island guy. He went to North Carolina, I think. I don't remember. But there was talks that we like Rhode Island wasn't recruiting him, but then like it turned out that they were, or like I don't know, there was a lot of like ups and downs. Like I don't know, but yeah, I don't, I I honestly don't know much about that. Like I don't know why they didn't or did, oh, or I mean, it's not like you're the head coach or something, right? Exactly, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just um, I don't, I don't see it as a concern. Like I don't know the reason. If I knew the reason, I could be like, yeah, that's a concern. That's not a concern. But, like I don't know the reason. Yeah, but I think that the fact that you don't know the reason would be a concern. Um, there's a guy um, from South Kingstown High School who now plays at Colgate. He went to St. Andrews, Keegan Records. Um, he's playing well at Colgate. Um, I understand that it's Colgate and it's not URI. It's a little step down. But why not take a chance on a kid who's six, if I remember correctly, 6'8", 230, 240, around that range. Remember, uh, he was a senior in high school and I was a freshman and I swear to God, I was like, I felt like I was a uh, Rudy in the movie Rudy because of how tall he was. And I'm obviously uh, not. If you if you know who I am, well, I'm not. I'm not that tall in stature. Well, I feel like right now, this is what I'm thinking. It's like a rebuild, a huge rebuilding season for us. For the years. men's team. For the men's team. Yes. Yes. So I feel like they're trying to pick people that are almost like they can guarantee a good trajectory. Like they don't really want to take a lot of risk right now because there's, or there's like, they're already taking some risks. Like for example, for our team this year, um, Spaz Thomas, I wouldn't really say it's a risk, but Rhode Island. He was with the team last year. So I wouldn't say he's a risk. Right. Um, our, our new recruits, I'm trying to think of who we recruited. Bray, Brayon Freeman. He wasn't a risk like at all. Um, he was performing really well at GW um, Joe Spatbalau, he's from 
Wichita, maybe? Wichita State. State. He yeah. yeah, but he's injured. So, I mean, that is a risk in itself. The only big risk that I can see was Anthony Harris just because of the eligibility-wise of it. But I, I wouldn't even say on. that's a I wouldn't even say that's a risk because of his talent. It's more of a risk off the field. I'd say more risks would have been like Rory Stewart because he's from London, England, and then Jeremy Fumina from Montreal. Um, those those mm-hmm. to me would be more risks than um the guy from North Carolina. Um, I don't I think the guy from North the guy from North Carolina. I think he's I think I heard he's doing like community college or a JUCO year because yeah. of his uh credits, which I don't even know why he would go to JUCO. He should have just transferred to a different school if he couldn't get into URI. But if you couldn't get into URI, I don't know what to tell you because that's just it's something with pretty sad. I don't know exactly pretty sad. Is, so his talent, like I think I think if he came, like he'd play pretty much right away. I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I would think. Yeah, he's a but, four star. Yeah. He's a talented guy. But not like the eligibility wise of it, that was the risk. Um, with Rory and Jeremy, they both went to the same school. They both went to Orangeville Prep. Um, I don't know, like they're they're just so young. So I think that he they just thought like developmentally they can transform them into what they want. But um Jeremy ends up taking a redshirt year, so that's a risk, I guess. Um and Rory's not playing too much, so I don't know. I just feel like they don't want to take too many risks because they're rebuilding, so they want to get that solid group. Um, but I don't, I don't know if they've even have it, had of it yet, but I, we have two pretty good recruits coming in. Cam Estevez, I've heard is really good. And I don't know the other one, but, um, uh, I don't follow your oops anymore. It's kind of down the tubes. Um, I, I think both of them, are, I, if I remember correctly, both recruits are two or three stars. So I wouldn't say highly recruited, but they're, you know, good, good quality players. If you want to call them that, I don't know if I you know, I think like people are being like very hard on them right now. Oh yeah, which, like I get because it's aggravating, but it's his like it's Coach Miller's first year here. Like it's going to take some time to like get his team together. So um, I think I think that they'll be fine. Like in the next two three years, it's just gonna take take some time. Yeah, I think uh, when you talk about coaches, especially in college athletics, uh, I don't believe in firing a guy after one year. Um, I think it's gonna take Miller two to three years. Um, if you compare this season to last season, I think it's pretty comparable. Um, not in terms of coaching staff wise, but um, team wise, they're gelling better this year. But I think the play on the court is similar to what they were last year. Um, anyways, um, I don't know if you are familiar with the history of URI hoops like players' names. Um, I'll just bring up some names. Uh, Ryan Brooks is a name that was probably one of the most average um players that were to ever play at URI. He was pretty, pretty bad. Um, and he kind of reminds me a little bit. Uh, Rory Stewart kind of reminds me of Ryan Brooks because he doesn't play that much. And when he plays, he doesn't really do anything. Um, but two names that I love um, when talking about URI. Two, 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 uh, two players I love um, from URI hoops. Um, Marquise James. No, no, no. Marquise Jones, sorry. Marquise Jones, number five point guard, uh, also known as the Dayton killer um, because he made so many buckets. Um, Delroy James is another name. Um, uh, Jimmy Barron, Billy Barron. Uh, Billy was only there for a year or two, if I can remember correctly. Um, trying to think back. There's Lamar Odom, uh, one of my one of my favorite players. Um, when you talk about Jell-O, uh, Parfait Bate. Um, we named like jello, like the the jello, and we named it a parfait 
because I think we, I don't know if it's actually called a parfait, but we kind of named it a parfait because of parfait bate. It's pretty funny back in the day. Um, it was number 23. It was a dunker too. I forget his name. Oh, Kahim Seawright is another name from URI Hoops. Uh, that was a while ago. Um, and the one thing that I find interesting about this URI team, uh, their bigs are like just like Abadou Sam. He reminds me of um, Nicola Akeli. I don't know if you remember that name. He reminds me so much of Nicola Akeli um, based on that the fact that he's so thin. Um, Akeli could shoot the three. This guy can't. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any. You are either. These people are also, you need to remember, they're young. Like, Abdul registered last year. He's learning. He's actually, like, he's progressing very well. No, no, but. He registered last year. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, Nikola Kelly was a good three-point shooter. Have you seen uh, Sam shoot the three-point shot? No. He's thin. If Has he, he can... tried? He's done jumpers, and he hasn't made them. So that's, that's – I mean, if he's not shooting them, there's a reason he's not shooting the three-point shot. Um, right. I, I yeah, think – Yeah, um, Mike Powell is another name. Mike Powell, he's a, he's, he's a short, smaller guard. He was 5'9". He reminds me a little bit of Sebastian Thomas. Um, Sebastian Thomas reminded me a little bit of Mike Powell based on the fact that they're so they're point guards. They're typical point guards who pass the who pass the ball but have the ball in their hands like 85% of the time, but they don't shoot. Um, that kind of reminds me of those two guys. It seems like the years of Rhode Island hoops have seen their better days. But I think with Archie Miller at the helm, it seems like URI Hoops will get back on the right track. I just think they need uh dev- I think it's going to take a lot of development, a lot of yeah. development um and who knows? I mean, some of these assistant coaches could leave, could get fired. Uh you never know. URI hoops seems to be interesting. Uh what are your thoughts on knows that though. Like he like he talks a lot about development and all that stuff like like he, that his assistant coaches talk all about development. Like he knows that like he came into this saying attitudes, everything, stuff like that. Like he knows that this is like a developmental year, two years. Like of course he wants to win, and he's he said that. But the main thing is not winning for him. I don't I don't think. Like it's just it's his first year. Like Dan Hurley's first year was terrible. Like I think even worse than Miller's first year. And look at him now. Yes, but the the thing when you're comparing Hurley to uh, Miller, the expectations when Hurley came in weren't very high. The expectations yeah, yeah. when you bring in Archie Miller and the contract that he that y- y- the University of Rhode Island provides, you expect kind of immediate success based on that contract and kind of URI had a bad year, we're supposed to be good, that type of thing. But I think at the end of the day, URI has to understand that in this new college you know, landscape, you're a mid-major conference. You have to understand that you're a mid-major conference. In my opinion, this is how you structure a mid-major. You get guys like three stars, guys kind of under the radar, and recruit those guys. Recruit those guys, and you know, you know, develop them and whatever. They will transfer out most likely. Now you hope that you keep those guys, but most likely they will transfer out. However, you continue to do this developmental process. However, if you see a four star or a five star or someone like that who isn't playing at like a UConn, isn't playing that at like a Gonzaga, a West Virginia, one of those schools, bring them in have them play and you got your continuity with the new college basketball age. And I think that's how I would do it. However, I'm not an expert on coaching. I'm not an expert on recruiting. 
I just have my own uh, thoughts and opinions like like the rest of people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I just wish people were just patient because it, it's the time's coming. It's just you got to work through the, the kinks. Would you say patience is underrated? Yeah, I would. Do you, I don't think you think patience is underrated. Yeah, I have no patience. So, I mean, patience I have important. I have patience, but I don't have patience. If that makes sense, in terms of like sports, I think patience is important from a standpoint of you can't just fire like you can't just fire coaches because you had a bad season and your expectations were too high. You got to reevaluate the situation and think of what you got to do. However, in terms of me. I can't just sit back and do nothing. I have to do something. I can't just be patient and, you know, let things, you know, follow the way they're supposed to. It's out of your hands. No, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I have to do to, uh, to do what I need to do. Right. I agree. All right. Uh, do you have any, before we wrap it up, do you have any, um, last words for our listeners out there for episode 28 of Derek's discussions? Um, not much. I I appreciate you having me on to talk about all types of sports and myself as well. Um, this was a good conversation. I'm excited to look back and watch it. But yeah, watch Brody Hoops. Um, I'll be on there. So that's all. That's all. Patience is key. And so is dropping your ego.